It's Tragedy Plus Time, episode number two. I know this may come as a surprise to some of you, but sometimes I read books. Now hang with me here because it's about to get really fucked up. I recently read a memoir called Home is Burning. The book is about a guy in his 20s moving home to take care of his dad who was recently diagnosed with ALS. Now I know that sounds awful. It is, it's terribly depressing. But the book is also so funny and sweet and shit, it's just beautiful. So today on uh, on the show, I have the guy who wrote that book. Author Dan Marshall is here. And guys, he is so damn funny. I never said the show wasn't going to get sad, like really sad. So this is a heads up that this episode is like the end of Titanic or Simon Birch or Harry Potter, uh, if you will. It's going to make you feel the feels. But I promise you, it'll make you laugh and we'll all be better people on the other side. So if you guys are with it, I'm with it. Here's Tragedy Plus Time with my guest, Dan Marshall. Sure, yeah. Uh, Give people an update on like how, uh, what's, what's your exercise routine? How's all that going? Are oh my healthy? God, yeah. I just bought a new pair of running shoes. So, um, And I made sure to spend a lot of money on it. So I, I feel extra obligated to actually right. get out there. Did you go to one um, of those like really specific running stores? No, I just went to... Uh, I just went to Finish Line or one of those, like, you know, kind of in one of those big chain mall sort of things. And, yeah, so. I think it's really funny every time you go to, like, a, a one of those stores, everybody's dressed up um, like they are they just got off the field. Like, everybody's a referee yeah, yeah. or a runner or some other kind of bullshit. Yeah. No, it's, it's kind of crazy. And I actually just, uh, I was, like, a, I was a basketball player growing up. Uh, you know, until I w- realized that I was too like short and white to actually play basketball. <laughs> uh, I think you know, I, I, I up until about fourteen, which is like pathetically old, like right. thought I was going to be in the NBA. I was oh. like, I'm going to be in the, I'm going to be in the fucking NBA. I'm the next John Stockton. God, you um, to, to let your your parents let you go through with that dream. From yeah, fourteen. That's pretty rough. Yeah, that was that was that was kind of some bad parenting on their end. They should have pulled me aside at like nine and been like, you have no shot of being <laughs> in the NBA. It's uh, funny because my my experience with sports w- uh, growing up uh, is that uh, I had three brothers and they all were huge athletes and stuff and they would um they were really good at baseball and all this stuff and they would make the all-star team every single year yeah and i didn't make it once <laughs> so i mean so did they refer to you around the house as like the not all-star uh no actually i found out later that everyone just kind of talked behind my back as they were like oh well anthony's the gay one he's the gay <laughs> son and i'm not and it's funny because i'm not gay even like <laughs> years later they still bring it up every once in a while and they're like so like because i haven't i haven't brought a, a girl home they haven't met like any girlfriends or anything of mine uh in a while and they go so are you gay again and i'm like no i was never gay to begin with mom just because i'm not an all-star doesn't mean i'm gay not all of us can be (laughs) all-stars they didn't they didn't explain that in the uh in the smash mouth song but not everybody is meant to be an all-star it's you know so i had i had high hopes uh uh uh, but you know it's aim high expect low and uh, yeah I i learned that pretty early on so that's that's pretty cool (laughs) <laughs> um, all right, Dan. So we know that you haven't made the all-star team. Uh, are you, I mean, sorry that you're not an athlete. Yeah. Well, I'm not much of an athlete, but I, I did buy a new, can I take these off? Yeah, sorry. go ahead. Sorry. You don't need them anymore. <laughs> yeah. You're totally fine. Um, that, was, that was just for test purposes. Yeah. So like, so growing up, I would always buy, uh, the Michael, Michael Jordan's latest shoe. Right. And, uh, 
And so, like, uh, on Saturday, I decided that I was going to go buy a new pair of Jordans. You got a new and pair of Jordans? So I got a new pair of Jordans. I was in line with all of these these people that shouldn't be spending right. uh, <laughs> money on shoes uh, that were just all these, like, yeah, I felt like such a fucking loser. Like, stand, I, like, actually stood in line to get... Uh, to get some sh- to get some <laughs> shoes, but uh, yeah, I got some I got some new Jordans. Wait, so I'm did gonna... you go to like one of those places on La Brea or something where it's, it was like it was some, like a limited on, release? Yeah, it was like that. a limited release on Third Street Promenade on some like specialty like Jordan store or something like that. So <laughs> I'm basically gonna look like a like a dunk champion as I get coffee in the morning. Is that what you? Is uh, that every? Isn't that everybody's goal in life is to look like a dunk champion, <laughs> but not actually be a dunk champion? Yeah, I'm gonna look like a six-time NBA champion as I'm like writing fart jokes alone in my apartment. <laughs> <laughs> You're just in yeah. your underwear, but you have your Jordans on as well. Yeah, I got my Jordans on. Yeah. <laughs> what else? What um, else do you need? Yeah, the, that's people, really it. Um, kids love Jordan, so it's nice to know that like you're also just a giant kid. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I did feel like I did feel like a little like a little kid. I was just like, what am I doing? I'm like a full full grown 33 year old man. Like that's not full Jordans. grown. Yeah, I, I got a little growing out to do. Right, I think exactly. Gonna, I will definitely be getting fatter as I get older. <laughs> uh, but, but it's th- just like, like I have no. There's no, I have no business like owning Jordans. It's no. absolutely ridiculous. I've, every time I've I've tried on Jordans, I, 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 well, first of all, it takes a lot for me to try on Jordans. I have to wake up and go, you know what? My friend's sneakers last night looked really cool on him. <laughs> I'm going to go to finish line or wherever, and they're dressed like referees, and I already, yeah. already feel like an asshole for being there. <laughs> and I'm like, uh, one of your uh, 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 Jordans, please. Yeah. <laughs> and, and then they give me, they, they put them on, and they're like, yeah, those fit you real nice, man. And I'm like, yeah, can I see a mirror? And I look in the mirror, and I'm like, oh, fuck, get them off, get them off, get them off. <laughs> I can't get them off sooner. I just yeah, I stick to I, like Converse and weird shoes. Yeah, I, I, I like definitely can't pull them off. I'll probably only wear them around my apartment or something. You know what you should um, do? Just wear them to a wedding one time. Yeah. Like, it, it's so, <laughs> I, I have a hard time taking myself seriously at weddings because it's it seems like it's just prom for adults and one person is, is freaking out the entire time. You know what yeah, I mean? Yeah, it, it really is. It's uh, Weddings are really, I don't know, I, I started off really enjoying weddings yeah. a lot. Like, I was like, oh my God, I can go and get drunk and all sure. my best friends are going to be there. Yeah. Yeah. But then it just you can, turned into you, this. If thing. you get drunk enough, your best friends are everywhere. Yeah, that's true. <laughs> <laughs> enough booze, and everyone is a best friend. Yeah. Um, but yeah, it just it started to turn into this thing where I felt like I was just like celebrating other people's happiness. Mm. You know, where it's just like, when's Dan yeah, gonna find just, happiness? When is, yeah, when is it my turn <laughs> for everyone to love me? <laughs> so um, let's get back. Let's get back on track because this this train will just keep on rolling through the desert uh, <laughs> uh tell me a little bit about your life like because uh, so you wrote this book about your dad having als what was life like before all this shit happened because i i myself i come from like a large family uh three brothers kind of like i always explain my family as kind of a functioning fucked up family but you mm-hmm. guys you guys kind of redefined it even before shit hit the fan yeah, I mean, so we, you know, we grew up in uh, in Salt Lake City, Utah. We lived in a very Mormon neighborhood. We were one of uh, two or three houses on the on the block growing up that weren't Mormon, and so it was it was just a strange position to be in that I didn't realize was strange till later in life that we were basically like you know. Uh, like a fairly well-to-do like white family but we were still considered to be like the outsiders right you guys were the minority yeah we were a minority (laughs) living like not for like i guess you know like 
racial reasons, right. which is so, which is very, it was a very strange position to be in. But yeah, so we, we were always sort of viewed as like the other or the outsider within the neighborhood. And we, we made it pretty clear right off the bat when we moved into the neighborhood that we had no fucking interest at all in converting right. to the church. <laughs> so so um, while so while right now we have like Black Lives Matter, you guys were in the middle of Mormon Utah going like yeah. agnostic lives matter <laughs> or I don't people who don't believe in God's lives yeah, also matter. Also matter. <laughs> Even though they're not going to heaven or hell sure. or yeah. um so yeah, I mean I, when we first moved in it was interesting because like the all these Mormons would come over and and try to convert my parents and they they play like ward basketball there's all these basketball and so they started re- my dad was you know six two so they started re- like recruiting him to play on their ward basketball teams like he was like fucking like lebron james right. or something <laughs> I, I was just like wow i never knew dad was like so good at basketball but then it became apparent that they were trying to recruit him yeah so they could try to convert they him get, yeah <laughs> i'm already um, i'm already falling for uh scientology the other week i i went to a uh my buddy and I were like, "Hey, you know what would be really fun and for just just for us? Like, let's go, let's go to the Scientology Center and 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 have uh, they have like a restaurant there. Let's just go eat there. Just go, whatever." And my friend's like freaking out. He's like, "Dude, I don't want to go. They're gonna try to get us or whatever." So we get there, we sit down, we have one of the best meals I've yeah. had in a long time, and it was soup. It was only soup, and it was yeah. the best damn soup I've had in years. And and then they were like, "Oh, do you want a dessert?" And I'm like. This might be where they get us. Yeah, and then and they're like, uh, they gave us a dessert menu, and we got apple pie, and it was the best fucking apple pie I've wow. ever had. And then we we were as we're leaving, the person goes, oh, and by the way, like, would you like a tour of the place? And my friend, my friend who's been freaking out this entire time, goes. Yeah, sure, I guess. <laughs> and I'm like, no. <laughs> See, this is, that's how they get you. It's yeah. like they get you with the nice, they get you with the apple. sweet apple pie. Yeah, the sweet apple pie. Oh, and, they, and the old bait, bait and switch. Yeah, for sure. So are you that's a psychologist got, now? Or no, what? no, I, I got uh, out of it real quick. I, uh, <laughs> my, I'm still pulling for my boy, Tommy Cruz. It's funny, though, because yeah, we actually God, did. When is he going to fucking denounce? I don't know, man. Uh, let him, uh, let him you, know what, you know what? Let's not let's not victim shame here, okay? Yeah, they they yeah. took advantage of our sweet baby boy Tommy Cruz okay <laughs> you know what he's his movies still still rock though yeah like, Mission Impossible was like a really good movie this year like I, yeah. I thought at least I thought it was really good it's a fun one it's, um, it, besides the fact that there are literally only two women in that movie and one of which dies two minutes into the movie yeah that's true it is sort of a sausage fest isn't it <laughs> yeah but like it's okay. There are a few moments too where it's just like he like definitely did not need to jump through that glass, yeah. but like he definitely did <laughs> jump through that glass. Oh yeah. Uh, no, Tom Tom Cruise can jump through anything he wants. That's how he <laughs> he him and the uh, him and the Kool Aid Man enter rooms the same way. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> they gotta break some shit and then they. Like, get Tom, it. there was a door right there. You did not need to jump through that window. <laughs> it's like I'm Tom Cruise. I can jump through any fucking window yeah. I want. <laughs> by the way, here's a book by L. Ron Hubbard. <laughs> hands you a book bounces he's not it's like he's there for thanksgiving yeah. all right okay anyway so he, your dad lebron james of mormon of utah yeah yeah so he was lebron james and yeah so they you know tried to convert him through basketball and uh you know we he didn't he didn't take so oh, good for him what he, a strong man <laughs> he's a strong-willed man uh so yeah we i don't know so yeah we we, we just sort of grew up this uh uh, yeah, this sort of uh, out, outsider family, and and I think a lot of my sense of humor sort of developed from there because it was so it was so like easy to offend 
Mormon people, and right. it just was it was so fun to just like kind of watch them yeah. squirm and say like, oh my, oh my goodness, oh yeah. gosh, and yeah. and it was gr- it, you know it was so great in any argument because they couldn't swear. They'd be like, <laughs> you mother, you mother flicker, oh, and they'd be no. like, you mother effer, and it's just like, do you mean motherfucker? And it's just like you, you couldn't lose an argument when you actually had the upper hand of being able to sort of lay down the swear gauntlet. That's um, pretty funny. See, the Mormon kids, I grew up in like a pretty liberal, somewhat diverse town. It's really hard to explain but uh there was only there were only a handful of mormons yeah but but the mormon kids could kind of hang but like in different settings so like it would be it would always be monday morning and uh somebody would be like a mormon kid would be like anthony what'd you do over the weekend i'm like well i went to a party got really (laughs) drunk i don't remember anything probably made out with somebody and made some (laughs) stupid decisions and walked home what about you and they were like Oh, we went up to the mountains and we went like uh, extreme, <laughs> extreme uh, rafting down hills and made jumps. And like one guy even did a backflip. And I go, fuck, that sounds way better than my weekend. <laughs> why am I? Why do I want to grow up so fast? I want to be like a Mormon kid forever. Yeah. Then, <laughs> and, I mean, they're pretty adventurous. They're, they're yeah. like all into fishing and yeah. they, do, they do a lot more of their life because they're not uh, laying on a couch hungover like one day of the week. Yep. Um, There's two types of people in this world, <laughs> Mormons and alcoholics. <laughs> <laughs> we are definitely under the latter half of that. There's that, that fine yeah. line. But yeah, I mean, growing up, I was kind of like the designated swear, like in our, I was like, well, if you guys can't swear, like I'll swear for you. And so if they ever, I was like, if you ever need to say a swear word, you can just like point to me. And so they'd like point to me and I'd be like, fuck. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, it's kind of a fun Uh, role to have. Yeah, um, yeah, it was, yeah, it was interesting. The only time that ever happened to me was, uh, I was, I I never, I got, I never stayed in one clique in high school because I thought that's really weird. Uh, but all that for some, well, like, I think like this probably happens at a lot of high schools, but like all the black guys clicked together, but they all loved me. Cause I had this like comedy rap album out yeah. as a joke <laughs> and, and they were like, they, they were like, Anthony, you're an honorary black man. Like you're allowed to use the N word. And I'm like, I'm not going to ever <laughs> say that. That this sounds like a trap guys. Yeah. That's, that's, that can't end well. There's yeah. no version of that. No, nope. that would end <laughs> no, well no, at, at all. It never ends well. Could you mind if I hear some of your comedy rap? Uh, I'll just play it after. Okay. <laughs> I'd love for you to start doing yeah, some Tony, comedy rap. Tony T hood. I, I've been waiting for people to give me a comeback. Uh, see Tony T hood. He could that rap was, Jordans. Wow. Yeah. But me, Anthony, you could trolling. not. No. Yeah. <laughs> Tommy T. <laughs> That's great. That's All right. Amazing. So you're you're the designated swearer. Um, yeah. So I mean, but you know, we did. We we had like a nice upbringing. We were, um, you know, like we we were members of a, a country club, the Cottonwood Club. We called it the Cunt Club. Yeah. Um, <laughs> and so yeah, we it was weird. We like you know, if you're if you're not Mormon, you kind of bond together with anyone else who's not Mormon. Right. So like, I had a pretty diverse like group of friends. Um, out there and yeah i mean i, I don't know so but yeah it was, it was like our sort of sense of humor was this like weird counter right. or this weird reaction to mormonism um sure um so yeah and then i went off to i went off to school and uh in berkeley because i wanted to pick a place that was like exactly opposite of salt lake city yeah. <laughs> um what's the weirdest so, thing that you ever saw in berkeley because i've seen some weird shit i've probably seen <clears throat> i don't i've probably seen more just 
full frontal nudity in Berkeley than any other city in America. Yeah, I mean, you'd see like bums fucking like you know, you'd walk by like People's <laughs> Park, and there, you know, there you'd occasionally see like a couple bums like fucking or bum did you ever shitting walk, did or you ever bums masturbating. Did you ever walk by this park when you like were at a party and like you didn't get laid, and you're walking by and bums are getting laid, and you're like, <laughs> fuck you guys, good for you, but fuck you, <laughs> just like God damn it, those bums, those bums are getting more pussy than I yeah. am. <laughs> Maybe I should get a shittier. Uh, Funny how like the two bag the something. two least broy guys in the world talking about <laughs> pussy. <laughs> we're we're both so uncomfortable. We're like ah, I don't sounds know. very unnatural yeah. coming out of uh, our mouths. Uh, yeah. Pussy, pussy, Fannies. Anyways, yeah, I mean, I don't know. There's some crazy shit. I mean, Berkeley's not. I mean, it's pretty. It's pretty lit. There was one guy, like, God bless you, man, who would stand uh, out kind of right on the, the main uh, sort of campus area and just say, like, God bless you. Have a good day. Good luck on your finals. That's, yeah. my, that's my impression of him. That's amazing. Uh, of him. But, yeah, he ended up being, like, stabbed by another homeless oh, man. Oh, shit. So it was just like, <laughs> oh Jesus Christ. God. Like, these streets are so rough that, like, the God bless you, man, <laughs> is getting, like, fucking stabbed. To death, oh, so, man. Uh, so yeah, it was like it, you know, it's a it was a nice school, but yeah, you get these occasional <laughs> reminders, like oh yeah, like we should probably like be be a little bit careful because right. there there are a lot of like sort of people left over from like the, the you know sixties that yeah. never got the memo that yeah. uh, that that that's all over with. <laughs> well, that's that's sort of the Bay Area in general. Every time I'm there, and uh, you go over to like the Hate Ashbury uh, yeah. district, which is like where the hippie movement sort of started, I suppose. It seems like people are there, like it's still going, right? Like, yeah, we're yeah. still strong. We're still going strong. Like, no, every place here is for brunch. Yeah, there's like, <laughs> you know, nice clothing stores and stuff. It's it's become really yeah, it's no, kind that, of a weird. That's spot. a great way to put it because yeah, there there are these sort of yeah, they are these people that yeah just didn't quite get the memo. Yeah, that, like that that's times over. My Maybe my roommate just... freshman year was like. He, I, he was like kind of one of those. He's a, he's a great guy, but sure. like he was, he definitely like came to Berkeley like with the idea that it was like still the '60s. Like mm-hmm. he would, you know, he was very experimental with with drugs, and he yeah. had like a little bag of drugs, and he just kind of like reach into them and I like pull how something it's just out. Generic, a generic bag of drugs. <laughs> but in college, like that seemed to be like a normal thing. Like every time, every like every other dorm room, it seemed like some guy had a drawer filled with like booze or yeah. weed weed stuff people call it weed paraphernalia but it's like i think weed stuff is better (laughs) weed stuff makes some when people go like oh yeah marijuana paraphernalia (laughs) i'm like what kind of that sounds like some latin yeah it seems like such a you know such a cop word to like throw onto it it's just like it's called a bong dude like if i was if i was a cop and and somebody was like yeah we found some marijuana paraphernalia it's it's clearly a bong yeah a couple of stuff they should just weed stuff they arrested him for some weed stuff if you you go into the back of like a police like where they uh 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 department and where they keep all the evidence it's just weed <laughs> stuff it's all gone it's, it's just, just all weed missing. stuff cocaine stuff yeah heroin stuff all the fun stuff <laughs> <laughs> all right so you're at berkeley um i think like when i when i walked into my dorm room the first i was kind of the last one to arrive it was like uh, i had two roommates and they had already like plastered like Bob Marley posters all over the wall. There was like yeah. one wall that was de- like designated to. Honestly, it probably uh, came Marley. with the room. It, like, yeah, that sounds like every. Like, we can't dorm. get these off. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, they're actually they were painted on the walls. Yeah, yeah. But the first one, one of my roommates, my other roommate, the first question he asked me was like, "Do you do you smoke, bro? Or like, do you blaze, bro?" And he's like not a broy dude at all. 
and right. you know like my family was like right outside the wind yeah. like right outside the uh the, the door because they had like dropped my whole yeah. family decided to drop me off which That's was like this really embarrassing thing where yeah. i'm trying to fit in with everyone and i'm just like oh yeah these are my yeah this is my gigantic family behind me <laughs> and so i was just like oh like i was just like yeah man like of course <laughs> and i like had never smoked any marijuana <laughs> before i think i had drank maybe like two or three times coming into college like i was a pretty I was like a pretty good kid growing up. I didn't right. really experiment with any of that stuff. So, so yeah, I mean, it, like Berkeley was just like a, a wake up call just in, yeah. like it was, it was so diverse. It was like, I mean, it was like a, it was awesome. It was like, like going from Utah where like basically the only time you see diversity is if you go to like a Utah jazz game right. or something. Uh, but like you, but I don't know. It was just, it was just, it was just so awesome. But yeah, it was like this weird introduction to this other world. So it was such a nice it was such a nice change of pace from Utah. Yeah. Anyway, so you finished school and you're working out in LA. Uh, and then, so what were you doing? Uh, so yeah, I got like kind of a big boy business job. I had to wear like a you know nice business clothes every single day. I was working downtown in the Aon oh, building on the thirty ninth floor. I think it's funny when uh, people come to LA. They're always like, "Oh, I want to go downtown," and I'm like, "Why?" Yeah. It's the worst place in LA that you could possibly well, this, think. and this was like 2005 2006 so right. like you know now there's like LA live and sure. Staple, I think Staples Center was there by by then but yeah. like yeah it was still pretty transitional and like it I mean it still is now but like you know I don't even think they had like a grocery store downtown they had right. a it was just like total ghost town I found it sort of weirdly relaxing because it was like this downtown that was basically ab abandoned yeah <laughs> and so there was like no one on the streets well, like except for like homeless people and <laughs> my friend uh, has this theory because when you go downtown there's always you always see people walking around he has this theory that that somebody is just paying them to walk around <laughs> like it's like Truman show <laughs> and somebody's like filming it or yeah. filming you you know but yeah, yeah just seeing your reaction to you know just uh, you know, bums like peeing in alleys and, and all that sort of stuff. Right. All the fun um, stuff. <laughs> yeah. But I was working at a strategic communication consulting firm. So we did like, we did like business PR. We'd write like press releases for companies. We'd do like their annual reports. Uh, basically, if they had like any sort of like, like a crisis come up, like we would do the communication to, uh, God, this sounds so boring. I kind of want to. Yeah, I'm already like, falling asleep, Dan. <laughs> I'm like, really? Yeah, I might take a nap here. Yeah. Jesus Christ. But uh, I mean, it, it was a, it was a good job. But yeah, we did like there there are a few like interesting things. So basically, like something bad would happen with a the company. There'd be like um, uh, there was like one radio station that was like a client. Um, that they had this contest called Hold Hold Your Wee for a Wee. Oh, that was you guys. Well, I mean, so we were there. We were like their PR firm. No. After. So yeah. Well, Phil, so for people who don't know, the hold your Wii for a Wii. Back when Wii's came out, people were going so nuts uh, for Wii's. That sounds so weird to say. <laughs> going nuts for Wii's. Uh, people were going so crazy to try to get uh, a Nintendo Wii that a radio station in Seattle, right? Uh, it was up in Sacramento. Okay, Sacramento yeah. held a contest. It was how long you could hold your pee. Uh, and if you won, you won a Nintendo Wii. But yeah. you drank, what, a gallon of water before? So, yeah, I mean, they just had all of the contestants basically just, like, drinking water throughout. And then, like, you know, once you peed, you were out. So and it came down to, like, one guy and this woman who was trying to win a Wii for her three children. Oh, and, yeah. you know, so and so she ended up 
like and the the DJs were just like, oh man, this this she does not look good, <laughs> and all this. <laughs> what shit. else so, are you supposed to say? Yeah. Anyways, yeah. so she ended up like dying. Not of, just like dying, but just dying. She like, ended <laughs> up dying of water intoxication, which I, at that point I didn't even know that was like a thing that you well, could like drown yourself from the inside. You basically. learn something new every day, Dan. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, so we were their uh, their PR firm trying to sort of smooth that one over. Yeah. Um, and you know there was wasn't much we could say other than just like wow well we didn't say wow but (laughs) we probably should have like wow holy fuck that's the the official statement wow we (laughs) fucked up (laughs) we fucked up real bad boy oh my goodness (laughs) those are my suggestions but they were like no we should probably say something more professional probably something yeah i think we ended up saying you know something like we are deeply sorry and saddened to hear about this loss and we were investigating it and we'll take the necessary the 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 steps necessary to make sure that this does not happen and you know and for your pain we also got you three nintendo yeah <laughs> i think they did give the family a wee oh, so oh man. my <laughs> god what a creepy sad oh, wee that I must know. be just like well I'm... we don't have mom anymore oh, but, but we tenants is pretty <laughs> fucking fun oh man i set the record for wee bowling <laughs> yeah oh uh, wow uh, that's fucking dark yeah yeah <laughs> anyways let's okay so you're working at this pr firm and then, and then what happens uh you you get it you're uh you're dating somebody at the time yeah so it was like my college uh girlfriend uh who i was yeah i was just like absolutely in love with her um still am (laughs) just kidding Uh, (laughs) are you kidding i don't know Uh, (laughs) i I think everybody's still slightly in love with their college ex-girlfriend because it was the last time you were like free in life oh yeah i mean you didn't have a job it's just like this total high point you know it's just like life is so easy when you're in college you think it's hard but it's really fucking easy so fucking easy yeah it's just like you don't you have to go to you have to be somewhere like for an hour and a half a day if (laughs) there's it there's one college one class and you don't even have to really go to that class it's sad as is there's probably one college student listening to this right now and they're like this podcast was supposed to make me feel better and it only gets worse from here oh man it's it's all downhill absolutely i 100% 100% my life peaked at like 20, 21, 22. That's better than high school. Most people <laughs> peak in high school. You, no, you're doing fine. Shut yeah, up. Yeah, no, it's, I'm doing doing good. I'm yeah. doing well. I'm really, I always I'm joke really that I'm a piece of shit, but like <laughs> deep down I go, I'm only saying I'm a piece of shit, so I fit in with all the rest of the piece of shits <laughs> around me. I'm actually a pretty good guy. <laughs> yeah, I know. I mean, I, I have like some of my mom's friends are worried about me because I just like shit all over myself so much like in the book it's pretty self-deprecating and i'm like pretty self-deprecating and uh like on facebook and that and like you know i'll occasionally get these messages like hard not to be absolutely i'm really worried about you like are you okay (laughs) and i'm like you know i'm actually doing pretty well like i'm reasonably happy and i i made i I got new jordans (laughs) i got some some fresh jordans (laughs) so you know i'm really cool with like 16 year old kids you might see me hanging from a rim after a slam (laughs) after a big old slam dunk (laughs) i uh i posted a uh a photo the other day because i was laughing so hard because i was i was watching uh Gilmore Girls. I'm not going to explain myself, but I was, <laughs> and it made the episode made me cry. Wow! And it was the first time anything's made me cry in years, or not years, but probably months. Like I haven't had a good cry, and I'm, yeah. there I am, and I'm crying, and it's to fucking Gilmore Girls. <laughs> and so I was like, I, I was, I, I don't take selfies ever. 
But I was like, I, this is such a funny moment to be yeah. taking a photo of. So I took a few photos of me crying and I posted <laughs> it and I posted this, like how this was like some sort of transcendent uh, experience of like, I haven't, I haven't felt this emotional in so long. And yet it was to an episode of Gilmore Girls. I get, and, and like the intention was like, my life is so good that the only thing that's made me cry is Gilmore Girls. <laughs> and people were calling me. They're like, are you okay? What's yeah. going on? And I'm, anyways, fuck off. Anyways. <laughs> um, so, so you're in uh-huh. Palm. Palm Springs. Have we gotten to Palm Springs yet? Yeah. So yeah, my so I was in love with this girl. My life had had sort of peaked in college, in yeah. college, and uh, and yeah. So she she was still uh, you know living up in Berkeley. She was getting her PhD in material science. I'd call her a material girl. Yeah, that was yeah. one of our cute little fun um, jokes. Oh my god, I miss those jokes I so much. Kill you <laughs> <laughs> right now. I want to murder you. I didn't actually call her a material girl. Uh, well, maybe once or twice. Yeah. We'll see. Um, <laughs> But yeah, so it was like her. It was her twenty fourth ber- birthday. She came down to uh, to L A for it, and we went out to um, my family had like a timeshare at uh, the J W Marriott uh, in um, Palm Springs. In Palm Springs, wait, the one on the golf course? Yeah, it was my right parents on have the same one. Really, dude, it was fucking weird. I didn't want to bring this up until it came up, but in the book, there were so many times where I was like, my parents went to that, like, go to that. You're definitely talking about the JW Marriott yeah, Palm Springs. Yeah. yeah. Every every like year around Coachella, they're always there, which is a trip to me that they're like yeah. there with a bunch of wasted frat bros. <laughs> um but then on top of that, there's even a part in the book where your brother comes out uh as gay in a borders and I was like, I know that borders. Is it the borders by the river walk? Yeah, thing? the river walk right next Jesus to the PF King. I got kicked out of that borders one time because really? I was I was uh me and my friend were laughing our asses off at a book called 1001 sex toys <laughs> and we got kicked out for it because we're just in the adult section somebody came up with a bluetooth headset like they were fucking secret service and they're like yeah. sorry kids you got to get the fuck you guys out. are having too much fun in this store get out of here <laughs> oh boy they got the, the dildo books again oh, that's man. probably why they're out of business is you're throwing people out that are actually having a good time in a bookstore i was yeah you know? <laughs> That's actually that's actually really funny that you, you put it that way. Uh, so you go to Palm Springs. So yeah, Palm Springs was kind of our family kind of getaway. Um, you know, it's kind of like the closest warm destination uh, outside of Utah that um, that we that we could go to. So yeah, it was kind of our, our family spot, and we had this uh, timeshare out there. And yeah, it was like where my you know my brother came out, and I don't know, we just we had a lot of big like family moments there. And uh, mostly so he, just eating at PF Chang's. We ate at PF Chang's or Kobe's. <laughs> yeah. Like, there's uh, do you know that place? I didn't go to Kobe's. Oh man, next no. time you go, you got to go to Kobe's. It's pretty good. It's basically Benihana's, but like named Kobe's instead right, of Benihana's. Like, right, that's cool. Yeah. That sounds a lot cooler. <laughs> that sounds way cooler than Benihana's. <laughs> Benihana, every time I think of Benihana, I'm like, the fact that they aren't just they haven't opened a chain called Benny Rihanna's where they just yeah. pump Rihanna <laughs> through, over the speakers yeah. and while you get tap on. Grilled yeah. shit. I don't know. I'll show you this picture that I have um, after. That's uh, it's me eating alone at Benihana's. Like oh, that's I, I fun w- for the listeners. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, boy. It, yeah, maybe it'll be the, the it can be the photo that you put yeah. that you post with this yeah, podcast yeah, yeah. or something. But yeah, it was just my friend and I went to a lunch thing, and there was you know, it had just opened, so there's nobody else in the restaurant. So it's just me, like with all these empty tables. <laughs> it's probably my proudest. It's definitely that's when I peaked. Actually, uh, yeah, that was that was the peak. One. Yeah, <laughs> I'll have a table for one. And that sounds like something uh, P. Diddy would do. He's like, I want to go have Benny Hanna's. I don't want anybody to see me at Benny Hanna's. I'm gonna buy the restaurant and eat there. Well, so I ate with like it was me and my buddy, but they still did like all like the volcano. Sure. Like they still did the full Benny Hanna show. They yeah. didn't have to. You know, we were just yeah, there. You don't half 
pass it, man. <laughs> it doesn't matter. A crowd's a crowd. It, 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 you know, it's, uh, well, actually, I guess three is a crowd. Well, fuck it. It doesn't matter. Yeah. They're putting on a show. They're performers. Okay. <laughs> uh, so yeah, we were, so we were out in, I was out in Palm Springs with my, uh, girlfriend and then, yeah, I got, I got back to the room and my phone had been, uh, blowing up with, uh, calls from my, my mom and my brother and, uh, my little sister as well. And, which uh, is like never a good sign. No, yeah, no. I mean, it was, yeah. It's just like there's no, there's nothing good that you know. There's no reason why my mom would call me like six times if something good had happened. You know. Oh, see, my uh, mom calls me six times when she's drunk. Oh, okay. Yeah, she does this fun little. She does this fun little game where she goes. She'll call me at like nine p.m. and I'm. I'll be at like a bar. It's like a Tuesday. I'll be at a bar. And uh, I'll be like, I'll text her like, Mom, sorry, I'm at a bar with some friends. She's like, No, call me back. This is important. <laughs> I'm like, okay. I walk outside. I give her a call. I'm like, What's up? She's like, Hey, what was your second grade teacher's name again? <laughs> like, Why did you need this right now, Mom? <laughs> I don't know. I mean, that's, that's pretty important, you know. Fuck you. <laughs> Whose side are you on, Dan? I'm on your mom's side on that one. Uh, she needed to get to the bottom of that. <laughs> Sounds like that was very important. Don't pander to Nicole. <laughs> Okay, <laughs> keep, so keep uh, going. So you, you get a call. Yeah, so it was like you know. So I I called my uh yeah I called my mom back and um you know she was like she was crying and then my my dad got on uh got on the phone eventually and he he had actually just um it was kind of it was kind of weird and a little eerie um he had eaten some soup um from my our cleaning lady Stana mm-hmm. had had made some chicken noodle soup and she left the bone in the soup. And so my dad had actually like choked on one of the chicken bones and it scratched up his voice. Uh. So his voice was just like, oh, like, so he sounded like he was like really, really sick. But, uh, and then, yeah, so he basically was, you know, basically informed me that he had Lou Gehrig's disease or had been diagnosed with Lou Gehrig's disease. Wait, he goes from the soup straight to Lou Gehrig's? What's that? He goes. He goes straight from the soup. <laughs> like, oh, hey, I got a chicken bone in my throat. Oh, also, I have Lou Gehrig's disease. <laughs> yeah. I mean, I think there were probably a couple, you know, a couple, couple words said in between that. But, right. <laughs> uh, but yeah. So, and it was, it was kind of crazy. Like he had, he had just ran uh, two marathons in that month. Like he had finished the Chicago Marathon October twentieth, and this was like October twenty sixth. So, like right. six days earlier, he had ran a fucking marathon. Um, and so, yeah, it was just like really unexpected cause he was in such good shape and running all the time and, um, and yeah, but he was, you know, with the chicken bone and in his, in his throat was just like, I have Lou Gehrig's disease. And it's like, you, uh, wow, it's like moving really fast. <laughs> it's moving incredibly fast, dad. Jesus Christ. It's like already affecting your, so your voice. What um, did you know about Lou Gehrig's disease at this point? I mean, I, I this knew. was before the ice bucket challenge and all that crap. So like this was it, all you knew was Lou Gehrig had it probably. Right. I mean, that's, yeah, like the general. I mean, I, I knew very, very little about it. I didn't even, you know, like, yeah, I, I basically knew nothing about it. I knew that it wasn't a good thing. Right. Uh, but I guess I didn't realize like sort of what a death sentence it is. Um, you know, no one really no one really beats it, though. I guess Stephen Hawking has had it for um, like 40 years or something. I, yeah. I don't, I don't quite understand his case because like usually, like usually most people last like two to three years. I mean, tops, but he's, Stephen uh, Hawking is a 
freak of nature in many ways. Yeah. One of them is the fact that he's still alive. Like every time when they made that movie, when they made that movie and um, there was a picture uh, what was it? What was it called again? Uh, Theory of Everything. Theory of Everything. Yeah. I saw a picture of Eddie Redmayne on the red carpet with Stephen Hawking. And my initial thought was like, that's so tacky that they would put a wax doll on the red carpet with him. And they're like, no, he's Stephen Hawking's still alive. I'm like, what? Yeah. Why do we talk about him like he's dead all the time? <laughs> he seems like he's one of those people that it seems like they should have been dead for like 20 years yeah. or something like no, that. No, he's going like, to outlive all of us. Yeah. There's still, yeah. Yeah. He's definitely going to outlive me for sure. Yeah. Uh, I don't even know how old he is now. He must be. God, he must be 140 now. He'd be the first one to tell you, like, time is infinite and uh, <laughs> none of this matters. And, uh, you know, time is only a theory of uh, some it's a theory of everything. Yeah. Go see the movie. I haven't even seen it yet. Yeah, I haven't seen it either. Heard it's a but, real bummer. But, yeah, if you want to get lived, bummed. You lived a real bummer, though. Yeah, it, uh, yeah. my dad was Stephen Hawking, basically. Um, yeah, so... Uh, so yeah, I mean, it was just like yeah, I didn't know really anything about it. We just started. We I called my girlfriend's mom, who was like always pretty close to a computer, and she started like kind of doing a little. This was like before iPhones, before everyone had like a laptop they were carrying around. Sure. So, um, so yeah, you we had to read books. Yeah, we actually had uh, to like read and think and do all that yeah. horrible, horrible stuff. God, that sounds how boring. So hard. How boring are books? You are so brave. Uh, yeah, I know. <laughs> <laughs> I didn't even. I and it's funny. I should probably tell people like uh, I read uh, Dan's book before this, but I didn't read the book. I listened to the audio <laughs> tape uh, because I'm a lazy piece of shit. And I was also doing a lot of traveling. I drive a lot, and that's Los Angeles for you. But yeah. I. Uh, but I also. Uh, it was funny. There was a time when a friend of mine got into my car, and the audio book immediately started. Oh my god! And it was like. Uh, it was like. And then I washed my dad's dick. And I was like, <laughs> oh, fuck. Oh, shit. Sorry. He's like, what are you listening to? Like, it sounds yeah. like some weird I gently form. placed my dad's cock into a <laughs> urinal and watched it fill. And I wondered what had happened to my life. Jesus <laughs> Christ. Well, getting back uh, 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 to the story about washing dicks and stuff. So everything kind of moved kind of fast at this point. So you had to, you looked it up. You found out that Lou Gehrig's, explain Lou Gehrig's, because I, 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 I I have an understanding from the book, but I didn't know much about it before the book. Yeah, I mean, so it's basically like a, a, a motor neuron disorder where essentially like the, the brain loses its ability to communicate with the muscles. So it's a dying off of the motor neurons. It sounds, this um, sounds like basically a marriage in a nutshell. It's like <laughs> yeah. your muscles are your mom and, and your brains are your dad. And they're like, we don't talk anymore. Yeah, it's these two things. But we're still living to, in the same yeah, they used to they used to sync up and fuck and, <laughs> and see movies. and But now they, they can't even communicate. Nope. They can't get through. The communication has been completely <laughs> severed. They so. sleep in separate beds. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> this, is, this metaphor actually is like, no, I think I actually have a better understanding of it now. <laughs> it's actually a really great metaphor. It's well, like, it's like if, yeah, it's like imagine your brain being, you know, some girl that you used to love and you being the muscles and it, you no longer can you no longer can spark each other. Do you, you know? want to name any um, names on this show and just <laughs> just tell them to give it a listen? Like uh, Carol, if you're out there, Carol, uh, please. God, would you listen? Carol, <laughs> come on, listen to me for once, Carol. Oh, you sad piece of shit. <laughs> anyway, so. Um, <laughs> So, so yeah, it's a dying off of the motor neurons. Basically, yeah, the brain loses its ability to communicate with the muscles. And right. so, uh, so yeah, and basically any voluntary muscles, like you basically slowly are losing, losing functioning in them. And for my dad, it started up in his, in his, uh, in his chest. Uh, he had some muscle fasciculations, um, in his chest and, um, 
basically so it was it kind of went after his um his arms initially and then it went after his uh, diaphragm which you know pulls air in and out of your body so it's like pretty pretty important yeah you might uh, need one you, of those you need some oxygen to sure. keep uh, to keep living um so yeah so he he got this he got this this uh he got a kind of fast moving version of it you know right. like we said like Stephen Hawking has had it for 10,012 years but uh most people have have it for just you know, for, for a couple of years right. before it kind of takes them over. So, well, and then, and then, so your dad, uh, has ALS and then on top of all of this shit, like explain, because to a lot of people, you know, they probably, they, they don't know who you are and stuff like that. Explain what else is going on in your life at this time. Because like, it, it, it seems like most people just get one bad thing. You got a lot of bad things. Yeah. So we got this kind of, yeah, we got this, like the, the whole kitchen sink, um, so yeah, my mom had been battling uh, non-Hodgkin's lymphoma on and off since 1992, and it was it was it was kind of in check. But it, you know, every couple of years she'd usually have to go in and get some chemo again. And so, so basically, like that, uh, her her cancer like flared back up like a bad case of herpes, as I put it in the book. <laughs> sure. Um, right. uh, and so so yeah, so she get, she she actually had to start undergoing chemo and and. It was kind of right when my dad was really starting to decline because for the first year he was still able to to walk and he was still still running a little bit. He was still able to, to eat on his own, and then you know basically like that the summer of 2007, like things just started to get really bad with my dad. Like yeah. he his breathing got so bad that he had to go. Uh, he had to be hooked to this thing called a, a BiPAP that, that right. basically helped him breathe while he was uh, asleep, and then. Um, and then yeah, my, and you know he he had to get a, a, a feeding tube inserted into his stomach, and then and so like right when that was happening, like right when he was starting that real downward turn, like my mom started chemo, and the idea was that she would get chemo and then like start feeling better, and then she could take over the care do, caregiving duties, and and so like that was kind of the initial plan, but she yeah she just got her ass like rocked by chemo this right. time she was just like this I mean, is this is where like the the mormon kids are like well dan you shouldn't have been swearing all those <laughs> yeah. times that's what you get you should have been in seminary yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> that's what you it also like all the mormon dads are like well we yeah. could have used you on the uh team bob <laughs> we could have used you on the basketball team bob maybe if you didn't ditch the basketball team pull down a couple more boards for us bob you wouldn't have lou Gehrig's disease <laughs> <laughs> that definitely crossed our mind just like like sure. those Mormons just like looking at our house, just like, ha ha ha, ha. that's what you get. <laughs> they're just, that's they're just get, you double wheel, dual wielding, flipping off, like just two fingers in the air. <laughs> Fuck you, Marshall yeah. family. <laughs> you should have believed in God like us. You should have been brainwashed like us. <laughs> hey, uh, leave them alone, okay? They're, they could be listening to this right now. <laughs> just kidding. Just, I actually really love uh, Mormon. They're, Mormons are great people. You, you are really great people if there's any Mormons listening to this. Oh, I they're, mean, they're like genuinely really nice people and they it was weird because they like you know that we we didn't have a great relationship with them there was that like there was an instance where uh like our dog moose we had you know he was kind of he was kind of a a troublemaker in the neighborhood he was this big golden retriever and so we had to get like an electric fence and there was a mormon dog up the street that was in heat and like moose was just going fucking wild yeah and so he he ended up charging through the electric fence ran up and ended up like 
like basically raping this <laughs> this Mormon dog like right in front of the entire it's weird family. How, is that okay for dogs? Like, is there such thing as a dog on dog rape? I don't. I, I don't know. Yeah, like is I, is there rape? Like is like with any animal? With is any it just animal? Like, how like does is that it work? is it rape or is it just? I don't, I don't know. know. I, don't, I mean, they called it rape. <laughs> I don't want to know because as soon as some sick fuck like realizes, well, every dog pregnancy is a dog rape, then, it, yeah. then some psychopath is like, well, I guess uh, that's my uh, green light. <laughs> We're all animals. We're well, all dogs after well, all. Oh, boy. <laughs> God. I, I hope we it, do a pretty good impression of, of creepy r- people. Creepy rapists. Yeah. <laughs> creepy rapists. What does that say about us? <laughs> what does that say about us? Uh, anyways, uh, uh, let's get off the rape train. Uh, <laughs> oh, yeah. So, yeah. So, anyway, off the rape like train, our, back on the ALS train. <laughs> Just that, pick your poison. That cheery old ALS train. Uh, yeah, the ALS train would be kind of a cool-looking train. It'd just be all these wheelchairs just, like, chugging along. Um, <laughs> but, yes. It doesn't, it, doesn't have a, it doesn't have any smoke coming from it. It's just a BiPAP machine running it, like a just an air machine. It's powered like an air hog. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sorry. Um, uh, so yeah, so we didn't. Yeah, pre- like our our dog was like raping Mormon dogs. So like yeah. we like in addition to just like not believing what they believe, they basically just thought all of us right down to our dog were these heathens. Uh, but during this time, they like really sort of they they it just like was this one 180 that they pulled, and they were bringing over meals like every single night they were driving my sisters around town they were like slowly poisoning you There's yeah bit that's of poisoning actually you. probably come to think of it that's probably how my dad got Lou Gehrig's disease now <laughs> <laughs> it got so bad he didn't actually have Lou Gehrig's disease he was just slowly being poisoned by the more yeah Stana, Here, Stana was on their side the whole time yeah <laughs> <laughs> or Stana sorry uh so so but you had to go back and you had to take care of I mean because your family at this point is sort of falling apart and then like here you are and you're in LA and you're starting your life off and you know you're being like a young you know in your mid-20s I want to say and you're yeah so I was yeah I was, 20, like a, I was 24 at the time and yeah so I had this job that that uh, that uh you know it wasn't like a, it was it wasn't you know ultimately like what I wanted to do but it was you know it was you were it, making it was, money yeah it was like a, it was a, it was a good job you didn't work at tgi fridays yeah and that's I, cool i worked in a in an office building and and felt like a real adult for the first time and but you know there was also just like a lot of dicking around that goes on at the, in your mid-20s you know so sure. you know weekends i was still like partying pretty hard or you know my girlfriend would visit and uh you know we just have these uh, crazy fuck weekends and, yeah i mean i was just basically i i clear, felt like uh, i was clear my schedule jana <laughs> yeah <laughs> oh i'm sorry i got a fuck weekend coming up uh, yeah i'm not gonna be able to make it to that work party <laughs> got a big old fuck weekend <laughs> a big old fuck weekend oh picnic yeah sorry i got this thing fucking <laughs> i let your calendar's just blocked off <laughs> It just there's just two condoms on your calendar. <laughs> Actually, just a whole load of condoms. Just. Could you move the meeting to next Thursday? Yeah. I'm gonna be fucking. So. Yeah. Oh yeah, go ahead. Yeah, uh, Dan, that totally uh, that works for us. <laughs> and uh, enjoy yourself. Um, so, uh, but yeah, I mean, I feel like uh, you know I'm pretty hard on myself in the book, but I feel like I was kind of living that life that that most people in their like kind of like early to mid twenties live, yeah. like where you're starting to work, you're starting to sort of figure out how to be an adult, but you're All not the right, quite there. Yeah, but, being like a kind um, of, having like a slight alcohol addiction, but like it's not, 
problematic yet. Well, you're just sort of, it's, yeah, I, looking back, it's just like, absolutely. I was like 100% an alcoholic, but you're able to sort of blend in with everyone else back then. <laughs> right. it's, it's not until you start getting a little bit older, then you're just like, oh, wow, like I'm the only person still doing this. Yeah, yeah. Uh, yeah. That's but when you start to worry a little I'm, bit. I'm always a little worried. Like I try to, I, I very, I'm such an old, I'm such an old man, dude. And it's, <laughs> it's very rare that I make it to a party till like 2 a.m. anymore. Yeah. Which is like the general cutoff. Like I used to go to bars all the time and, and it's like, last call. I don't remember the last time I've heard a, a, a bouncer yell last call. Yeah. Because I'm like, a, a, after that, after like one, th- one o'clock, 1231, it just turns into a meat market. Everyone's looking. Uh, they're like yeah. trying to make eye contact with anything that remotely looks fuckable. <laughs> like girls are like, looking, I'm like, should I? No. Should I? Maybe. <laughs> one more shot. Maybe yes. <laughs> I'm gonna do it. I'm gonna do it. I'm gonna get pregnant tonight. Oh well. I wonder know. if any girls go to the bars looking to get pregnant. I. You know what? Hey, uh, they've got. I, I feel bad for women. They have way worse things to worry about than we do. And like, <laughs> so I, I. I think like anybody who goes to a bar looking to get pregnant has a lot more issues going on <laughs> than, than I, I care I'm to comment on. I'm going to get pregnant tonight. Yeah. <laughs> like, any, like a bunch of girls just getting ready in their bathroom. Like, Sarah, what? I think I'm going to get pregnant. So oh you're like, my you? God, you're going to get pregnant. God, God. See, I didn't grow up with sisters, so I'm like, how far, what jokes am I allowed to make about pregnancy? And uh, I think all of them, yeah, just oh, go for okay. it. Okay, sure. <laughs> I'm going to have to, somebody's going to listen to this podcast and I'm like, dude, what the fuck, you sexist pigs? <laughs> Like, meanwhile, I'm like the closest thing to gay you're going to get. <laughs> anyway, so where um, were we? Uh, you, 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 uh, oh, yeah. So, yeah. I mean, I was, so, yeah, I was just living out here, going um, uh, going to the Lava Lounge was my my local watering hole, which right. is now the woods. Yeah, um, which I love. Um, uh, yeah, it's, it's like, I haven't been for a while now. I've, like, really cut back on on the drinking and going out yeah. and all that sort of it's stuff. It's a weird, it's a weird um, place for, uh, for many of you who don't know, probably, hopefully all of you, mm-hmm. the woods is this like small bar in a shopping center. It's like a shop. Yeah, it's, it's right next to like an ice cream store. That ice cream place is actually really good too. Oh, really? Yeah. <laughs> good if you ever really drunk and <laughs> feel like I really like want to cream. double down. <laughs> I, I think ice cream, then beer, then more ice cream maybe. Although yeah. I heard you're not supposed to mix those things. Anyways. Yeah, probably not the best like probably. mixture. So, um, so yeah, so then, um, so yeah, I was kind of doing that, and then yeah, things started to get bad enough at home. Um, kind of at that turning point I was talking about when my dad was on started to go on the BiPAP and needed the the feeding tube, and my mom started chemo. Like it was pretty apparent that uh, I needed to come home, um, or I was going to feel like the biggest piece of shit for the rest of my life. Sure. You know, my siblings were already home helping out, and. I just like couldn't justify being out in LA anymore. Even if I right. had a good job, even if my girlfriend was, you know, relatively close, and I, you know, I, I just couldn't justify it anymore. Right. So the the pro um, the 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 cons outweighed the pros. Yeah, they the, still kind of do, probably. I mean, God, if I stayed out here while all that was going on with my uh, family, like I, I don't know, I would feel really bad. I already feel bad about myself, but like, my God, I would feel right. just like a total piece of shit. Sure. Uh, so right now you're just a piece of shit, not a total. Yeah, I you would. You have to that add threshold. that total to the sure. to the piece of shit. Sure. <laughs> uh, and so, so yeah, I, I moved back home, um, and yeah, just kind of like dove right into it. And uh, I basically, you know, I took a leave of absence from work for. It was supposed to just be like a three month thing, 
And, you know, I, I was when I first got home, like thinking like there was a shot that I could sort of like move back home, just like come get my dad stabilized. Um, our, our, weird, our Weirdly, our goal was basically to get him like Stephen Hawking, right. uh, to get him stable. like plateaued and stable. Stable and talking about science and yeah, shit. Yeah, we were t- constantly like having him look at the stars <laughs> and just be like, <laughs> you buy what do you see up there, Dad? Dad, like, what's going on? <laughs> fucking A, <dude. laughs> You buy him a telescope. <laughs> what do you see? What do you see up there, what's Dad? Up, what's going on up there, Did you Bob? read that astronomy book that I gave you, Dad? <laughs> you start putting him through college courses. He's like, I'm going, I have ALS, you fucks. <laughs> you dickheads. Um, um, so, yeah, I got home, started teaching my dad astronomy. Um, <laughs> and, no, so I, like, basically, like, moved. Um, our house was being basic. So my parents decided that uh, they would do some renovations to our house to try to make it... Uh, wheelchair accessible so sure. so they put like a little lift in yeah. and by the way i um, just found out accessible is the uh politically correct term i i said i refer to a handicapped parking space as a handicapped parking space and somebody's like whoa dude it's accessible yeah <laughs> it's like okay uh, it, it's so weird what words they like pick to like i mean so when my dad when it got bad enough that my dad needed to be like in diapers right like me and my brother would be like oh dad just shit his diaper right but the nurse came in once and was just like you know they call them briefs okay like we need to preserve <laughs> some of their dignity they're not diapers diapers are for babies right these are called briefs and no we're like, diapers, okay diapers well dad just shit his brief di- diapers are also for Full uh, for full grown adults. I mean, I think it's I think diapers are funny because it's the one clothing item item that's full circle that you wear at the beginning of your life and also at the end of yeah, your life. Yeah, you you're always going right back to a diaper. Yeah, it's, I know. It, it's so weird how like the end of our lives really are like the beginning. You know, yeah. we're pretty helpless. We, we rely on other people. Yeah, more than than we ever have before. Oh, yeah. And yeah, we're back in shitting in diapers. No, and yeah, not being able to understand a lot of things Just and screaming profanities at movies. Yeah, as opposed to just screaming. We're re- like old people are really racist. I think yeah. babies are really racist. They're super racist. <laughs> I, I they stare. Yeah, they stare. Yep. Oh man. Yeah, I was a real racist baby man. <laughs> My mom would get me in a room uh, with, with just a whole bunch of Mexicans and fuck, dude. <laughs> I actually learned to talk. My first words were "Get them out of here." <laughs> Put up a wall. Put up a wall. I was the first Trump supporter. Baby Trump supporter. <laughs> <laughs> get, get a wall out no My, muslims i'm wearing a shirt that or a hat that just says make america great again <laughs> as a baby winner of back-to-back world wars oh fuck that. um yeah, yeah. yeah god trump is so horrible what a yeah. what a piece of shit that guy yeah. is and racists uh, for that oh, just i mean in he's general. just yeah he's just oh my god it feels like idiocracy it really does yeah. like it's just like this guy's like gonna be our presidential candidate well it's um, it's sort of like uh there's a you know, it, 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 he's he talks in like the way that rappers diss each other. Yeah, you know what I mean. <laughs> like him and rappers, they got a lot of money and they talk a lot of shit. And yeah. it's I get I I don't know like he gets so much screen time just because we we're like, well, this seems entertaining. Anyways, yeah. um, so um, so where were we? Uh, um, let's see, we were talking about Trump. <laughs> <laughs> it was right before uh, Trump. Fuck it, you just get so angry. Oh, oh racist! We're, we're, we're talking, talking about, about ba- oh diapers, diapers, okay, diapers. Uh, yeah, so, so yeah. I mean, there are those words like uh, like accessible or, right. or, or or diaper. Yeah, uh, that that I didn't know that like that was. But yeah, I mean, they they refer to. Can you uh, imagine being like a like a 
when when people just said the N word casually and they were like, <laughs> "Hey, uh, uh, Darcy, yeah. you can't say that anymore, Darce." <laughs> what? <laughs> what are you talking about? What are you talking about? Like so weird. And so I'm always trying to be on like the side of things where I'm like, "Well, I guess I can't say that anymore because I'd rather be that guy who's uh, more sensitive to those issues yeah. than like actually being like, "No, fuck that. I'm gonna say the N word yeah. till I die." And you're <laughs> well, like, like, nobody when, likes that guy. Yeah, like once you start to realize like certain words actually hurt people like that's when you have to stop using them yeah you know it's just it, you know it oh i grew up i grew up and uh i mean uh, when when i was in high school like you just people said fag all the time oh my god yeah i mean like in utah everything was like you know fag queer bait like i had a friend um uh, yeah my friend brandon would just like my goal going into any day was to like not be called gay by like Brandon because sure. he would just be like that shirt's gay, You're yeah. gay. This is gay. Everything it's was gay. Gay. Yeah. gay, 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 and it was just I mean it was just like absolutely insane. But that well, was just like part of it was kind of weird because I like I said I grew up in a liberal town and and I'm sure this is more or less like an outlier than anything. But like nobody ever called a gay kid gay and they never called a gay kid a fag. It was always like you fucking idiot. Yeah, you know what I mean. And and, and so I I totally get where people are coming from where it's like yeah just because in your world it doesn't mean anything it means something in my world where i grew up in michigan and people shit on me for being gay meanwhile in my my high school um the the football captain my freshman year uh like the captain of of the of the varsity football team his brother uh was gay and he was the like maybe the captain of the cheer team. He was definitely on the cheer team. So I mean, think about that for example. Wow. Yeah, that was some. I mean, that's a sitcom right there. That is a sitcom. <laughs> yeah, well, let's pitch it to NBC tomorrow. Yeah, they'd, they'd love that. Kill. They're also uh, redheaded. You don't see that ever. You don't. <laughs> if that's not, I mean, that's wow, redheaded. Well, I guess there's like Andy Dalton. He's a redheaded quarterback now. Shit. Yeah. Fuck. For the Bengals, actually, that's he's so. If like anything, a, we got a strike on the show now. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> we got to capitalize right now. Yeah. Redheaded quarterback with a with a gay cheerleader brother. So um, um, I, I feel like we've been talking so long about this, and I don't want to give too much away about the book itself because I want I do want people to read it. I read it and I was like, uh, it's so nice because that's kind of the thesis of this show is that like if you aren't able to laugh at things that happened to you in the past, then you'll never be able to to kind of like move on, and. And uh, so I, there were several stories from the book that, I mean, I'm like laughing so hard I'm crying and I'm crying so hard I'm crying. Uh, and and uh, there was one incident. I, I just, I love the, the first time you gave your dad a bath. Cause oh, this yeah. is like, this mm-hmm. is like one of those situations that's like a nightmare for everybody else. So walk me through what that was, what that, walk, walk everybody through that. Yeah, I mean, it was just, uh, so my dad, so, uh, you know, he did, he, he had run those two marathons in October, and, and one of them, he had, he had a time that qualified him for the Boston Marathon. Right. And so he decided that uh, he wasn't going to, like, let ALS get him down, and my mom would You had say this, that, like, 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 what a fucking idiot. <laughs> uh, I think it was kind of dumb, to be uh-huh. honest, because he had this terminal illness, sure. and, like, I, I don't know, I'm very, I'm, like, very anti-marathon. <laughs> I think marathons are so news. fucking... Yeah, he did get on the news. Your I am, whole family, you got on the news. Right? Yeah, I was like, we were briefly on on the news as can well. I, I, I'll send you that clip if you want. Like, uh, the, please do. Yeah. Yeah. Um, what what news for people who? It was on uh, the C, the CBS uh, 
evening of, news oh, with okay. Katie Katie Couric. Oh yeah, um, Katie Couric. Yeah. yeah. So they did a. Old yeah. Casey did. I, I don't know. My mom like kind of was energized by this thing. She was started like pitching the story to the newspapers and like actually got right. it somehow got it over to like CBS well, and they see, decided to do a story on it. I mean, it, so. at least that's a good story. My mom every time I'm home, she's like, "What uh, what projects are you working on?" I'm like, "Ah, oh, you know, I'm kind of writing this like uh, I'm writing a sketch packet for like a late <laughs> night show," and and then she'll be like, "Uh." Oh, that's cool. I'm I'm thinking about this children's book about about these squirrels, <laughs> and I'm like, at least your mom's pitching like good heartfelt <laughs> stories. Like my mom's pitching children's books that she's never gonna write. <laughs> if anything, my mom would fit in in L.A. so well because there's so many people just talking about things they'll never do. Yeah. <laughs> God, Nicole Trolley, get on up here. Get Come out on here, yeah. down. I always want to go around to co- in coffee shops and yeah. just uh, and just be like, so like, what are you working on? Yeah. Like, what do you like doing? Like Mostly, an in- interview yeah. show where you're just like <laughs> listening to people like sort of scrap together some bullshit yeah. pitch on whatever they are what, what would on. you call that show uh what are you working on <laughs> what you working it <laughs> working it yeah yeah there you go uh, sure <laughs> <laughs> i was hoping i was hoping it would be like something like uh uh, uh you know rising on the grind or <laughs> 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 something some shitty pun <laughs> anyways um pitch please yeah uh, <laughs> The, but yeah, so my dad, you know, qualified to run for the, this marathon. My mom, like, you know, sort of built up all this hype and support for it. And so, so yeah, he ended up running the marathon and he, it was, it, it really was like, you know, one of the, one of the moments like through this whole thing. I mean, I did cry a lot, but this was definitely like one of those moments where I definitely cried because it was just like, it was really, it, yeah, it really was kind of amazing to see my dad yeah. like still running this thing, and his his he ran it with his best friends, and they were right. kind of, they kind of had to like hold up his upper body, his his like upper right. body was so so weak, but he ended up uh, he ended up finishing the race in six hours and twelve minutes. Uh, his previous like marathon time, the time that qualified him for Boston was like three hours and thirty five minutes. So right. you could almost see yeah. what the disease had done to him, like but like through his his horrible marathon time and i will i'll stand by i think that was a horrible marathon time dad like right. like i don't yeah. care if you had lou Gehrig's disease <laughs> i um, like to think i like to think you didn't like tell him like dad that was a dumb idea instead you were just like wow dude yeah you really fucked that one up i mean you lost i mean all the time you put on I yeah mean, what happened <laughs> what happened buddy we got to get you back in the gym a few years ago they did a report on the la marathon and there was some guy who was like like 450 pounds and he he finished the marathon and he wasn't the last person to finish it. Like six people finished oh, after him. And okay. it was just like, who are those six people that finished after? Oh, they're all in witness protection programs. They're <laughs> yeah. like, I got to get the fuck out yeah, of here. I can't. Oh, this is pretty Jeez, shameful. That's sad. Uh, so yeah. So we, after the race, like uh, my dad, we went back to the hotel room and my, you know, my dad's arms were so weak. He couldn't really lift him up to shower. Right. And so um, my mom tasked me with giving him a shower and, so yeah, we were like locked in a hotel bathroom and um, <laughs> I like undressed my dad and just yeah. saw basically how skinny he had become because of the disease. Right. And then, yeah, just uh, like I had to get a bar of soap and start washing <laughs> washing Yikes. his dick and doing all these, just this thing that I didn't foresee myself ever really having to do right. and just seeing my father in this completely different light. And so, you know, during during that we did start you know, we, we we did start like talking about like the Utah Jazz was like our, <laughs> a common conversation right. topic for us, and so yeah, we brought the top the conversation back to the, to the Jazz because right. it was like so painfully awkward, right. like me like soaping up my dad's like nuts. 
Um, <laughs> there were so many times when I was like reading that and I'm cringing and I'm laughing and I'm like sad. And, and it was so, it, it all hit me because like I, I was, when you, you explain your dad in the book and you say that he's like, you know, pretty normal guy. He likes a coffee in the morning and he likes red wine at night and he, or it was like coffee then takes a dump and then he likes red wine at night. And I was <laughs> like, that's my dad. My dad does all three of those things. Yeah. So there were so many times where I was like, I was like, fuck, if I had to wash my dad's balls, I would freak the fuck out yeah i mean it was just it was really eye-opening and it was this huge growing up experience yeah it was like you know he he was a great he was a great dad my mom was a a great mom and they they took great care of us and and you know uh it was like this weird reversal that all of a sudden hit all at once where you know like i was like washing my dad's dick right and at age 24 when i felt like i was supposed to be like in los angeles dicking around instead i was uh dicking around right otherwise another (laughs) another form of dicking around Um, but yeah, I mean, so there, there, that was kind of my very first moment where I realized like, oh my God, this is going to get pretty intense and this is going to be pretty, this is going to be pretty crazy. Yeah. Um, and at that time I was still, this was even before I had moved back home, but once I got back home, it was like, I was just like bombed with just like, you know, I don't know. I I remember like there was a moment, this isn't in the book, but like I took my dad up to, to see my my grandma uh, to say goodbye, and then we it, and it was like right around Halloween, and I was trying to get to like some Halloween party, and I like raced back from po- Pocatello, and like we, I got my dad into the house, and then he just like shit his pants. Oh no! And so I, I was dressed. Uh, I always went as like a moose for Halloween, so I was like in my, <laughs> I was in like my moose attire, no. and my dad was just like he was so mad at himself. It was so heartbreaking because he was he was sitting on the edge of the bed and he's just like I shit myself Dan I'm so <laughs> I'm so sorry like I know you're trying to get to this Halloween party but like can you like help like clean me up and oh, and so like fuck. yeah I like ended up like cleaning shit out of his pants like no. dressed as a, as a moose like why didn't you take it off you fucking asshole <laughs> I mean I'm sure I set the the hat aside or something <laughs> the giant moose uh, head is off but <laughs> yeah. still like a giant you look like a furry who like like one of those people at furry <laughs> conventions and you're like ran away yeah I wonder if the neighbors you. like looked in and they're you know they're just like why is that moose like cleaning shit <laughs> they, they probably saw a lot of shit in uh, in those years um, um so I mean a, a lot of things are happening and then you kind of I mean, because again, I don't want to give every story away that was in the book. Uh, but but you started the book itself started with Facebook posts, correct? Yeah. So um, yeah, and it was still like when Instagram or not Instagram, uh, MySpace was like around. Right. Um, and so shouts to Tom. Yeah, from MySpace. Oh, Tom, my oh. old buddy Tom. Oh, yeah, he's everybody's uh, first friend. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and some people's only friend too. Oh. No, hopefully not. Hopefully everyone has more friends than just Tom. Well, there's some people out there, some <laughs> lonely fucks. <laughs> just like, what's where's Tom? Yeah. Um, but yeah, so I just like, like I had written for this comedy magazine in college called the Heuristic Squelch, and uh, so yeah, I, I don't know, like I, um, and and I had started like kind of emailing some friends about what was going on, and they'd be these kind of long. Right emails and I try to make them kind of funny and dark and right. and just kind of weird and like here's a story of like me washing my dad's dick or, or something <laughs> and it, you know I'd, it, I mean um, I think it's funny if I got that email I'd be like fuck Dan's going through some shit but hey yeah, like, yeah. at least he's uh he's pulling through <laughs> yeah and I mean I'd spent a lot of time on these emails and I, I got to a point where I was just like ah these 
feel like I should just start to say fuck it and just start sharing this with just everyone, you know, because people were curious about what was going on in our house and all that. So a lot of people um, don't want to post about themselves online. They don't want to get like personal online. And it's weird. It's like when you let people in and they like, you know, people are afraid of what they don't understand. And so like when you like open up and people do kind of understand you, there's like a cool response that you get from that. Right. Yeah. I think people were a little shocked um, at first, but. You know, and I, you know, I tried to make the posts like funny enough that would, you know, people would be kind of weirdly entertained by them as well. Um, so, so yeah, we got, we, we, you know, we started to get like, or I, I started to get like a, a pretty decent little response back. I mean, I think my first post was, um, you know, we're here for the cake, which turned into a chapter in the book that was, you know, about right. us taking, uh, my dad to like mm-hmm. an ALS support group meeting. Right. And, um, and so, yeah, I don't know. And then the kind of like people read that and, you know, you, I was, you, I, I don't know, just any encouragement you get as a writer is yeah. like kind of fuel in a weird yeah. way. And so, well, when you see somebody's um, like face spark up, when you like tell them about some stupid idea or whatever, and they're like, wait, I love that. And yeah. Like, That's fun. And <laughs> even, even though they're like a shithead whose favorite movie is, is like, uh, Tommy boy. There you go. <laughs> they're like, that sounds Brilliant, yeah. <laughs> but I love Tommy Boy. Fuck Tommy. off. Don't shit on Tommy Boy. Yeah, Tommy Boy is a good... It, it don't actually ail is really us good. all over Tommy Boy. <laughs> <laughs> don't diaper shit all over Yeah, uh, yeah Tommy it's Boy not. They're great. not diapers, you piece of shit. Brief. Brief shit. They're brief. <laughs> yes, take a brief shit. <laughs> take a brief shit. Yeah. Um, but, yeah. So, so what was I saying? People, people are responding well to these Facebook Oh, posts. Yeah. yeah. So, yeah, I started to get some pretty good feedback and was kind of encouraged. And uh, so, yeah, I just uh, I decided to turn it into a blog and... And kind of decided that nothing was like off limits, and there's just so much crazy shit going on. And right. like my little goof goofball sister Chelsea would always say something weird, and so I'd post about that. Or like my mom was, you know, she was after after the chemo, she got herself uh, a little bit hooked on some of her pain medication, so she was kind of saying some right. crazy shit. Yeah, and sounds like every mom ever. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> the, the pain meds were probably amplified the crazy. Yeah, shit. it was just yeah. She was like a mom times like ten at this point because yeah. she was just like so uncensored. Yeah, and just like so it's like think um, of your mom's think of your mom's worst moments and then multiply that by ten. Yeah. Okay. And so she was yeah she was pretty in, intense and and then yeah my little sister uh, started you know was kind of secretly seeing her lacrosse coach and sure so. All this other stuff started started happening, and it just was giving me and like, you know, it, it was right. kind of it was kind of sadistic of me in some ways because I, like anytime something crazy would happen, it would be like, well, I can like blog about this. And at this at this time, I you know I still like wasn't working, and I was having I was really really beating myself up sure. for like not having a job and really feeling like an extra big piece of shit. I was just like really down on myself, and so like. I felt like the blog was at least like something I was yeah. doing. Like I was, you know, I was like, right. well, at least I'm like writing. Well, you like, have to do something for you um, because I mean, this whole time you're taking care of your dad and your whole family, really. I mean, and 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 it's like, ah, uh, like fucking give you something to like give you give you something to do and like breathe a little bit. Yeah, and it, and it weirdly became kind of my you know my therapy in right. addition to like all the drinking I started doing, right. um, or like maintained doing um (laughs) but yeah i mean it was yeah just and i it was so it was so healthy for me to to do it and it was i you know basically was uh, kind of committed early on just to be as honest as possible and i was going to talk about some of that shit that like literally shit yeah things that like nobody really wants to talk about because like when you are taking care of somebody who is in a wheelchair yeah um 
you know, like 60% of the care is just like bathroom things. Right. It's like pissing and shitting. And So if you um, like poop jokes, yeah. you, you'll there's love some, Dan Marshall. There's some pretty dandy little poop jokes. You're take, the, you don't even go poop. Sometimes they're not even just jokes. Sometimes it's like a full poop drama. It's yeah. a full poop drama. Yeah, well, <laughs> poop dramas. <laughs> <laughs> uh yeah there's a lot of you know there's a lot of poop and uh, a lot of blowjob uh references yeah. in, the, in the book as well it's pretty blowjob heavy very, very blowjob heavy so if you're a, if you're a fan of blowjobs you're gonna love this book. oh man that's a great way to sell the book <laughs> yeah uh, cute yeah uh, from the maker of blowjobs comes home is burning um so um, so you know you start posting about that a lot of people a lot of people post online but uh a lot of times it's stupid shit they think that their life is falling apart and and here you are and and your life really is falling apart i mean most people are complaining they're like fuck man that place at third street promenade ran out of jordan's some <laughs> short white guy <laughs> snagged the last pair this piece of shit some guy who's gonna be dunking pretty soon oh and guess what and you'll love this he told me he was an author uh but but no but you know you're actually going through some shit and I think a lot of people you know it's 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 amazing what people choose to share and what people choose to open up on and like to go that personal I think it's very unique and cool and it's, it's yeah I mean it just uh yeah I mean I and you know this is pretty early on and fa- Facebook was kind of a, a, a bit of a new a new thing um but yeah I mean it just it seemed like it was still just flooded with you know just a bunch of like stuff that didn't matter um, and it still is, it's still just a bunch of junk that doesn't really matter. So, so yeah, I just, I don't know. I just decided just to say, fuck it. Like I just, I just had this kind of fuck it attitude and I'm just, right. I was just like, you know what? I'm just going to write about this. Like a lot of people are probably going to see it and be like, oh my God, this is intense and right. Dan shouldn't be posting this and, and like you shouldn't, what is he doing? Right. But I was just like, you know what? Fuck it. Like right. just going to post this shit and see what happens. And like, you know, luckily people liked it or you know, it's a type of material though it's hard because if you write something that's personal right. people aren't really going to come back and be like oh yeah i read about your life and uh, yeah, by the way sucks. i didn't <laughs> like it actually some guy at a party said that last Aww. week mm. where he's like what was your book about and i was like oh my dad had Lou Gehrig's disease my mom had cancer right. and i took care of them and he's just like oh yeah i don't like stories like that <laughs> <laughs> he also, he's, like, he's read harry potter 60 times <laughs> yeah. um but uh he probably doesn't even read fuck that guy yeah um what I was going to say uh, was, um, well, at some point we have to get we have to get real. Are you ready to get real, motherfucker? Yeah, let's do it. Let's get real. You have to say, let's get real, motherfucker. It sounds cooler. Let's get real, motherfucker. The death of your dad. Yeah. Fuck. That tore me apart. And I'm like, and, and there I am, and I'm like crying about Gilmore Girls. And then like the next thing I'm crying about is uh, the, the that death chapter. I mean, it was... Yeah. So talk to me, like, what's going through, you know, I mean, because there's so many times I think I think some people can probably relate to this, like where someone like someone you love, a friend or family member is like they're on their deathbed and you've been there for so long. And you're kind of like, when does this fucking end? Like, I, yeah. <laughs> I have like some shitty stories about myself where I remember my grandma was on my deathbed or, or on her deathbed. And um, and uh, it'd be weird if she was on mine. Um, and and <laughs> I, like I would see that just like you have some deathbed yeah. and she's laying on it. <laughs> well, I was like very early on into like puberty. And so I'm just like some horny little kid and some girl across the street from my grandma liked me. And so so I'd be like, yeah, yeah, we'll go visit grandma, and then I'd like you know uh, run down the street to this girl's house. You know what I mean? So yeah. it was like it was like what 
dude, I felt like such a shithead. And, and part of me was like, can't we just wrap this up? Yeah. And it was fucking dark. But, like, that's how I, my brain processed it at well, the time. Well, yeah, I mean, it's just, like, not every thought we have is just, like, some pure holy thought, you know? No. It's, like, there's... We're dark. So when my dad sort of announced that he, was, that he wanted to be taken off the respirator, like, there was a weird part of me that was just like really relieved that this thing was like finally going to be over just because we had dumped so much into it like our family was really hurting and like my dad was just in so much pain like he was just like every day he was it was like this kind of wobbly like hum cry that he would do that was just like so painful to listen to and I had never heard him cry ever before and he I don't know, and he just kind of had to... He should have watched the Gilmore Girls, man. Sounds like he should have been a fan of Gilmore (laughs) Girls. He should have been a gilly. (laughs) (laughs) Um, But, yeah, so he... So, yeah, I mean, it was this weird thing where I was, like, obviously really, really sad to, like, be losing my dad, but it was also this sort of thing, like, his death was going to kind of, like, release us from this ALS prison that we had been in, and, um, you know... and and the state that he was in towards towards the end especially like you know he i mean the thing is like als does not affect your brain at all right. like so you're 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 you, still there yeah you're still there and you, you have just, you just have to feel and you have to feel all these things right. and you can still feel it all you just can't move your body right. so you're like trapped in your own body and right. and like you know i could I, like me and the rest of my family were were able to really still understand him like when he talked right, but right. but like towards the end it was really really hard to understand him there i actually like videotaped a lot of the last month and i i like i got curious after the book was done just to see like how accurate i had gotten certain things and there i mean it was just like it was just really heartbreaking because like my dad would be like and they'd say something and like i'd just be right right. in front of his face trying to read his lips that's like like, it's like uh america's funniest home videos and just make it america's saddest home videos and and we'll just play that on a loop (laughs) and the winner of this week we get tom bergeron is that yeah tom bergeron's (laughs) like and the ten thousand dollar winner dan marshall once again (laughs) for his dad shit in an elevator Yeah, no, I mean, they were really, they're really sad. Like, I've only watched a couple of them. I just watched basically the last couple of days, and and I wasn't able to until just recently where I I feel like I'm finally in a headspace where I can kind of process some of it a little bit better. But, like, but, yeah, it was, I mean, it was just, like, holy shit. It was just, like, so morbid and sad. My mom was, like, running around all crazy, all looped up, and my dad was just, like, barely able to communicate in this yeah. chair most people get um, high for concerts your mom got high for a, a death yeah she Damn. got she got really into it your mom she, parties <laughs> yeah she, she, she parties hard yeah. <laughs> she should meet nicole she meet yeah. my mom they could kick, hit it off real quick <laughs> yeah i think they didn't i think they yeah. enjoy each other's yeah. companies for sure <laughs> um so so yeah i mean so you i mean a lot of stuff has happened since uh the, the death and and it's this weird thing because you know it's given you so much material and kind of in a way, I mean, there's, a, I don't want to give too much away again about the book, but like in a way it makes it, you really go from boy to man and still a boy, but like a, like a, uh, it, you get, it shapes your life a little bit. It kind of like points you in this direction. Like you always wanted to go towards and then you've, it kind of gave you the balls to do it in a way. Yeah. So, I mean, like, you know, I'd, I'd written for that comedy magazine and I always had this like weird desire to try screenwriting right. in, in particular. Like I was always drawn to that. And I, lo- I like, I still love stand up, and I don't know, just like 
I don't know, just I love TV. I'm yeah. one of those few people that loves TV. <laughs> Man, like you I'm are just one a, of those really rare people that like sitting person. on a couch being entertained. God, that must kill on first dates. <laughs> you know, maybe don't lead with the whole I like. I shouldn't tell you this. Yeah, don't tell them you're an author. Tell them you love TV. <laughs> yeah. Girls love that. Yeah, I love TV. And, I love uh, sitting. <laughs> I love wine. I should. I should. Yeah. yeah. Um, Close with the wine. Make sure you like <laughs> wine. Uh, boxed. Yeah. Wine Franzia. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> love brands um so yeah so yeah i uh, i basically like kind of took a, a look at my life and was just like i don't think i can go back to the pr stuff it right. just seems so artificial yeah. um and just so weirdly fictional so i was like uh, i think i'm gonna try to 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 become a screenwriter so i i applied to some screenwriting schools and uh got rejected from three or four of them but like got into ended up getting into usc and so, so yeah, I, I ended up going going there and, and started I started this sort of horrible up and down career in sc- screenwriting. Not uh, not horrible. I mean, it's very rewarding and sure. there's some good things happening. But it, yeah, I mean, it's this, it, it's it's tricky when you when you go from a profession where everything is so stable right. uh, to go into a profession where everything is so unstable, and right. it's just it's kind of terrifying. Yeah, and no, I, I, uh, your, your, your dad shits its pants uh, probably as often as I do. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just scared all the time. I'm just like, I get in my car and I'm like, fuck shit. And yeah, <laughs> I mean, there's a streak, and I still get this sometimes, where yeah. every single morning I'd wake up at like, you know, be like, wake myself up at like 4 a.m. and yeah. I'd just have this moment where I'm just like, what the fuck am I doing with my <laughs> life? Like, my <laughs> God. It could be worse. Um, like, you could be, it could be, you could be married and have like four kids and you, you wake up and you're having that, then you have a problem. <laughs> yeah. Oh my God. So yeah. And the, the, there the, were a few people at USC that, that, um, you know, did have families and it's just like, wow, to pull your family through this kind of mud is a yeah. little bit fucked up. Yeah. Uh, not to, not to diss them or anything, but it's like, fine. Diss them. They're not going to listen to this. Maybe they do. And if they do, it's a good wake up call. Of like, Hey, <laughs> take care of your family, asshole. <laughs> uh, yeah. Don't pursue your dream. Once you, once you have, a baby, they basically just like march all over your dreams. They just step out of a vagina and just start stomping all over your fucking dreams. Like your dreams are fucking done. That's funny. That's Um, exactly how I explain babies too. (laughs) (laughs) That's how I explain them on a date too. You mean mean dream stompers? (laughs) (laughs) I call them dream stompers. (laughs) You call them babies, I call them dream stompers. (laughs) Um, uh, So yeah, Uh, so you you went to USC. You had some success. I mean, you're uh, writing a movie currently, right? Uh, yeah, so yeah, I, first when I got to USC, I basically wanted to write about anything besides Lou Gehrig's disease because yeah. it was just like too too close. And right. first first script I wrote was an elephant heist movie, yeah. <laughs> uh, one of those in the elephant yeah. heist genre. Right. Um, it's kind of uh, it's it's sort of uh, 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 kind of like Matchstick Men <laughs> meets uh, uh, you know a d- a, a Dumbo. <laughs> 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 it's still Alice, but a heist right. in the middle of it. <laughs> Sounds like a good um, selling point. Uh. Yeah, but uh, so yeah, then yeah, kind of one, once I was wrapping up at USC, I you know had written uh, basically just you know three or four scripts, and 
um, yeah, I just started basically, I was just like, you know what, like people responded a lot better to the really personal stuff. So, right. uh, kind of dove back. People want to, people want to read diaries. They don't want to read, like hear about what your dream was about. You yeah, know what I mean, exactly. You as know. soon as you start saying like, I had this dream, people are like, I'm shutting down for a few. Unless it's a fuck dream involving me. I don't really want to hear about someone's yeah. dream. <laughs> it, it's funny um, how that happens. Anybody of the opposite sex, is, I'm sure this happens to girls as well. Uh, where if, if a woman says like, Hey, I had a dream about you last night and you're like, tell me everything yeah, I need yeah. to know. Like, okay, well you had three heads. Like which heads are we talking about? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and where were they? Where were they? Yeah. But yeah, so, so yeah, I did, uh, yeah, kind of a, a couple years of writing bullshit and then got more into the personal stuff and finally put, put to get, put, put together like a, a good draft of the book that, right. Ended up uh, selling, and it was just like this, yeah, I mean, I was like five years into just grinding it out as a writer, making basically no money. Like, I'd made option things here or there, but, and, you know, I was getting to that point where I was just like, ah, I don't know how much fucking longer I can do this. It's like I, you know, I had a ton of money in credit card debt, and, you know. I thought, I really um, thought if you just ended with I got a ton of money, I was like, oh, you're good. And then you said (laughs) credit card debt, and I was like, no. (laughs) Poor but, Danny boy. Oh, poor Dan. <laughs> oh, I feel so sorry for me. Uh, but yeah, and then so the book sold, and then uh, yeah, we ended up like selling the the movie rights to New Line, and right. so yeah, just kind of going through that process of so, hof- hopefully getting the movie made. Yeah. But uh, you know, getting a movie made is it and takes a lot of things going yeah. right to actually little, get it made. So. Little inside baseball here, guys, uh, coming from Dan Marshall himself. Yeah, getting a movie made is hard. It's tough, <laughs> you know. Uh, I always like to just joke that, like, you know, I, I just got on a bus, came out to L.A. and <laughs> just said, like, I want to make movies. And then I started making movies. Right. It was fucking really easy. Yeah, pull <laughs> one of those. Or just do one of those, like, classic Meryl Streep stories of, like, I walk into the to, to the place. I put my shoes on his desk. And guess what's inside those shoes? Just shit. I was walking in shit for hours. And you're like, what? You're like, you got to make a statement, kid. You got to have moxie. (laughs) And you're, uh, anyways, so uh, it's weird how, you know, all these like painful experiences have almost brought you success. And and it is bizarre. But I think that it's like something inspiring for the listeners to just be like, you know, even the most painful situations are like something that look at them as like learning experiences in a way and like yeah uh, and look at them as dollar signs like when my, <laughs> when my dad said you're he got such a fuck <laughs> such a piece of shit when my dad got als i was like cha-ching <laughs> was my first reaction to it uh no but i mean there there is like people like stuff that's personal like yeah. like you said like people like reading people's diaries and like right. so yeah i don't know writers so, out there write personal stuff so but stay away from als that's my that's my turf right right um, no ice bucket challenge comedies or drama, <laughs> whatever i don't know um so i'd like to finish each, each episode where uh, you could give a little bit of, of advice we've reflected about a lot what is your advice to people who uh i guess you know, I mean, it's very rare that people are in this situation. So, like, what's your advice when, like, uh, you know, you're you're young and everything feels a lot bigger than it really is, and you know, stuff like that, and, and a catastrophe happens. You know, what's 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 that advice from Dan Marshall? Uh, I don't know. I mean, I think it would just be like just to just to face it. And um, I mean, one one really great thing that I got out of this whole experience was like I hated my sister Tiffany. Like we hated each other. Like we'd right. get into fist fights. Oh, that's fun. And like you're not you supposed know, to hit a girl, but if you're related, I think it might. Yeah, be I, okay. I think it's okay. Depending on the age. Yeah. You don't want to also Scarface. Like Scarface, <laughs> I think punches his sister. I remember that being like, oh fuck, they're adults. <laughs> that's not good. I mean, they were more like little scraps. Like they. 
they weren't like brutal beatdowns or anything like that. Right, right, right. right. Uh, but you know, we we were like we had this very bad relationship going into this, and then at the at the end of it, like we're we're like really really close now. So I don't know. I mean, I guess my advice would just be like if you have um, with any family member, if you have some sort of bad relationship, just like fucking get over it and just right. deal with it because it's just it's so much more rewarding if you forgive each other and realize like you're kind of on the same right. team um so be a fucking know. adult <laughs> yeah be a fucking adult grow up go. i mean I, I have some friends who still like fight with their siblings like don't yeah. talk to their siblings and it's just like i don't know you just never know when someone's gonna fucking go and like no one's just, just gonna shit the bed or yeah shit their pants shit the, their brief <laughs> uh but yeah, so I don't know. Just be a fucking adult. Grow up. Yeah. Grow up. That's my advice. I like just how this has just turned into a lecture. This is a TED talk <laughs> yeah. for people to grow up. Grow the fuck up, everyone. Uh, Dan, thank you so uh, much for coming in, man. This has been really great. Yeah, uh, thanks, man. I really appreciate it. All right, guys, take a deep breath in and out. You made it. You made it on the other side of this really sad episode, but I hope you laughed along the way. I hope you learned a lot. Guys, follow Dan on Twitter at MarshallDJM. He's posting some of the funniest tweets out there. It's it's so damn funny. And buy his book, Home is Burning. It's, it's amazing. It's beautiful. And there are so many incredible stories about just him and his family. And we only touched this. I mean, we just skimmed the service, really. So uh, check that out. Also, follow Tragedy Show on Twitter and Instagram. Uh, you know, we're doing some really cool shit over there. Um, and yeah, follow the show on Facebook at uh, Tragedy Plus Time. Guys, thank you so much for tuning in. We'll be back next week. Call your parents and tell them you love them because Anthony Trolley and Dan Marshall said so. All right, that's enough for me. Have a good week, guys. Bye.